0: Welcome to the Driving for Better Business podcast celebrating women working in transport, fleet management and road safety. I'm delighted to have Rebecca Morris, road casualty reduction marketing PR specialist with me today. Rebecca, welcome to the Driving for Better Business podcast and I'm so pleased you're here with us today. Now, I've got fond memories of working with you in road safety partnerships, supporting them across the UK um, and as well as, remember visiting Moldova? Um, to support the development of their road safety partnership, so we've got a bit of bit of road safety history between us. Um, so you've been in road safety marketing and public relations for over eighteen years. How did your career start?
1: Oh, hi! Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's great to see you, Annie. It's been a long, long time. Yes. We do have a lot of history, as you as you said, and um, you know, in road, in road casualty reduction. Um, so yeah, I've been in road safety marketing and PR now for the last. Um, best part of two decades. Um, I was a journalist. uh, That's how I started my career. And then I started working at the Derbyshire Safety Camera Partnership um, back in 2004. And that's where my road safety career began. And I've not looked back. And I don't intend going anywhere else because suddenly I had a a real purpose. I, I was writing about something that was so important. Um, And it's been quite a journey over the last two decades. Things have have changed a lot. Um, So, yeah, it's great to be here.
0: Brilliant. You're right. Things have changed in road safety over those two decades so much. And when we first met, we were working for Road Safety Support um, and they provide a range of services to road safety professionals in the UK and abroad. It's a key means of support for road safety partnerships. So how vital was your communication role for the road safety profession?
1: Yeah, so I actually still work with road safety support um, as a consultant. So I sort of um, I was employed by them for 16 years. What Wonderful time working with with the company. Very, um, very useful, worthwhile operation that was set up when um, the safety camera partnerships um change they were they became road safety partnerships uh the department for transport was no longer kind of at the helm um influencing things that were going on within the partnerships um the responsibility was handed over to those um partnerships to go it alone really and road safety support was set up um back then in 2007 to support them through that um so my role was newly created with the company and yeah, until the end of last year, I was an employee, um, but had a had a. I guess that that amount of time speaks for itself. Really, you know, it was a it's a fantastic role to do, and supporting the partnerships with their day to day communications and uh, casualty reduction, marketing activities, and also, of course, promoting road safety support, making sure we were known um, in the UK and and overseas.
0: Thanks. So. You've moved on now a little bit and you're now with Road Peace. Um, it's a national charity for road crash casualties and their families in the UK. And it, it's a really vital area of support. Tell us a little bit about the organisation and your new role, though.
1: Yeah, R- Road Peace is a, a very special organisation. Um, I only I've been aware of obviously Road Peace for um the whole time I've been in road safety because obviously, you know, you're aware of the charities that are out there. You're aware of these things, but it's only in the last few years that I really appreciated what they do because I was uh, fortunate really to begin um, supporting them sort of almost on a secondment basis. Road safety support very kindly donated my time as a marketing specialist to um, support the, um, Andy Cox Challenge, as it was called then uh, back in 2021, when when this challenge was set up, it was a coming together of police forces, raising money, raising awareness around road danger um, and road harm Um, and road peace. It was raising money for road peace. Um, And now it's evolved. It's become the road peace challenge. That's a very big part of my new role. Um, But it was then. when I really discovered what road peace Does. And I met so many wonderful, wonderful people who have so sadly been affected by road crashes, um, either as the victim themselves or as a family member. And it's really humbling because, uh, you know, we all talk about road crashes every day as road safety professionals, but to actually be with the people who you're talking about when you talk about those numbers and those stats is really quite chilling. And it really does. I always thought I appreciated it and I knew the real problem out there, but it wasn't until I began working with growth that I really understood. And, and I guess had the realization that my, my um, experience in, in marketing and communications could be used to something so important as telling the stories of those people who've been affected by crashes um, and hopefully helping to change behavior out there. Help, help, hopefully, um, to get some campaigns out there which will help people to think differently to use the roads differently and hopefully everybody will see it as their problem and not just um oh well that's something the police should be sorting out that's or that's not my issue I'm not a, I'm a good driver or I'm a safe road user I don't need to worry it's the other people out there and I think if we all can start to take responsibility um that will make a huge difference out there
0: That's a really important point you've mentioned. So we often now talk about a shared responsibility between those who design, build and manage the road networks and also those that use them. Um, We have a responsibility as road users to make sure that, barring human error, which we're all guilty of occasionally, we all get things wrong, but we should go out with the thought in mind that we're not going to do any harm because we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that, we keep ourselves safe and then keep others safe as well. The behaviour that we have on the roads is so important. And sometimes I think because most people don't see the devastating impact of crashes, they don't realise how important their behaviour on the road actually is.
1: No, so, and, and that's that's the point, I think, with my role at road Peace. It's um, a newly created role, communications and partnerships lead, and it's engaging closely with... Um, stakeholders and sort of police forces, local authorities, safer roads partnerships. Obviously, which is my very much my background, and I know a lot of people in that area. Uh, but it's putting that story across, trying to get people to see in different ways. You know, there are lots of things we've done in the over the years to try and put across these messages, but um, we've got so much more we need to do, and um we need to understand people more yes that is what is missing for me um there are some um partnerships uh, local authorities forces who are going above and beyond to do wonderful things to prevent road death and injury but most a lot of them are using are with working within their very limited resources and sadly you know what we need to do in the uk is a huge study into people's behavior thinking we need to know what it is that really makes people do what they do therefore and we need to break them down into segments we need to know who those groups yeah. of people are that we're targeting so we can design our marketing campaigns around specific types of road user based on how that road user thinks and what works because again I I really want to plow my efforts into re- you know, raising awareness around the devastation and letting people see just how road crashes and the actions of people every single day they didn't mean to have a crash they didn't mean to do this they didn't mean to do that but they did and sadly it's happening and five people are dying every day on our roads and more than 60 are being seriously injured and hundreds are being in physically or mentally affected physically or mentally every day which is terrible and that fact alone we need to raise awareness of that we need people to know that because i don't think people really know the risks it's become, we get in our cars, we get on our bikes, yeah, we, yeah. We, we walk, we have to go to school, we have to walk our kids to school, we have to get to work, we have to do this. We have to, we're have. we so busy. We have to do everything, don't we? And we don't think, we don't get in the car and think we're about to drive a machine that's right. capable of killing someone. I must drive this care, carefully because this vehicle could actually kill somebody. <laughs> we don't yeah. think like that. Yeah. We um, so we, we need to know how we can yeah. start getting to people to people and getting people to think more like that. We don't want to terrify people. We don't want people to think they shouldn't leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. there's got to be a balance. But at the same yeah. time, at the moment, I don't think people really realize
0: just no, what no. risk
1: they and their families uh, face every single day when they leave their homes.
0: You know, it's really interesting. Some years ago I saw a piece of graffiti, <clears throat> excuse me, in the town centre. And it said, um, what you see depends on where you stand. And if you've only ever been stopped by the police and given a ticket um, or even a caution warning, you'll see see it from one perspective. But if you've been involved in a collision or you've had family or friends who have been hurt or even just a damage only collision, which can be just as scary and just as frightening, then you'll see it from a very different perspective. And from my own perspective, You know, I had a life-threatening motorbike crash um, and that led me to working in road safety because I didn't want anybody else to go through what I'd gone through. And the physical injuries healed and I've learned to to live with a certain amount of pain, one leg shorter than the other. Difficulties walking occasionally, but I've got psychological scars um, and managing mental health and well-being after a road crash is so important. How can we do that better?
1: me I think the mental health road safety link is is huge and and it's not something again I would probably thought too much about in the past even though I've had my own mental health struggles I guess as a way of describing it in, in the past uh, but it's not something that I was really aware of but since I've been working with road victims more closely and and bereaved families um it's really made me think of that. So I think it's twofold. I think not only is it um, people like yourself, Annie, and I. I do remember that, and you, we've talked about this, uh, uh, you know, in, over the years. And um, I think it's it's that. It's it's obviously the the person that has been involved in the collision, and who has hopefully lived to tell the tale, like like yourself. And it's easy to think, oh, well, you were lucky. You 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 survived. You you know, you did. You you were okay. But what about that? awful the physical and mental scars that are left on that person and that person's family Um, so I think that's the the one side of it and a very important side of it and um, last year we put out a new story um, based on some research by uh, Professor Andrew Morris and Dr Joe Barnes from Loughborough University and they'd researched the ripple effect of road crashes and it's estimated around five, at least 500,000 people in the UK every year are affected by a road crash in one way or another, so physically or mentally. So either as the person that was involved in the crash or their loved one that's either caring for that person who's been injured or caring for them because they've been mentally um, affected as a result of it. Um, and actually, I don't think that even includes those people who may be you know those uh, those those victims if you if you like who are unaccounted for who maybe maybe it was a very very serious collision on on a, on a road on a motorway and it was witnessed and seen by lots of people who weren't actually involved in that collision a child even you know maybe they've seen an awful sight that they will never be able to unsee and i think it's that's on top of those five hundred thousand people yeah so really when you think about the direct impact of a crash in terms of mental health. We have that side of it. Um, but I think there's there's the other side of it too. Um, there's the how do the crashes occur in the first place? Um, how many of us actually in the UK have mental health conditions? Um, one in four people will experience a mental health problem of some kind every year in England just England, that's the, that's the current stat that uh, on the, the MIND website. So if one in four of those people uh, is a driver, <laughs> um, how many of us are going out every day on the roads with, a, with an issue, a mental health issue, uh, we're not gonna leave that behind before we get in the car or before we start walking down the street or get on our bike or we distracted Are we disassociated from the world in some way? Um, Are we angry? Are we frustrated? We're going to take those things with us on the roads. And I think that's the worrying thing. And we're all doing everything at 100 miles an hour. Not necessarily in speeding terms, but in our lives, things are so busy. And there's so much pressure on us in our lives these days to be here, be there, be everywhere, you know, as parents, working parents, we've got to be at work. We've got to be at meetings. We've got to drop children off. We've got to pick children up. We've got to go to a club after school with our children. We've got to do everything. And that's, well, that's how we feel. And I, and I guess women in particular will probably feel that. Um, we're not going to leave all those worries and stresses and anxiety behind us when we get in, the, in a car or when we start using the road. So I think for me, that's, there are two sides to the mental health
0: link. Definitely. And, and I, I completely get the ripple effect. Um, I didn't move home for nearly a year after my bike crash. Um, I had to live with my parents because I couldn't walk, couldn't look after myself. So those ripples go out far and wide and we don't appreciate how they affect other people. And I firmly believe that we need a more holistic approach to those involved. In road crashes to help them recover we fix the physical and that sort of business as usual and um, i have an open fracture of my femur and there was no way they were going to leave that that needed fixing and that was obvious and that and that's that's good that you know we've got that we've got that nailed but i had depression after my collision and it wasn't it wasn't really assessed at the time of you know after a traumatic event so there was no understanding of what i might go on to suffer after the collision Um, And when I went to a doctor, they told me things like, you just need to go and get some exercise. And I thought, you know what, yeah, I'd love to be able to. Exercise absolutely does help with things like depression. But when you're lying in bed and your mind is saying, get out, but your body won't move because you have clinical depression and you physically can't get out of bed. And that could be assessed much earlier to help us deal with the impact of that. Dealing with mental health and wellbeing isn't mandatory after a traumatic event. And I absolutely think it should be as part and parcel of dealing with fixing fixing the physical um, as it is anything else that we would do to deal with somebody's um, injuries. Poor mental health can often affect the way we approach driving, sometimes in ways we don't realise driving is stressful. How do we make sure that we're fit to drive, our mental health is, is making us fit to drive?
1: I think as a road user, we just need to know more about what's expected of us and we need to know how seriously the subject is taken by those we look to in authority, by the police, safer roads partnerships, the the fire service, the government. And and I think by and large, um, those people are working really, really hard to, to do that. But obviously They can only do so much um, with working in the the sort of restraints that they have and the resources that they have. Um, And I think this is where in an ideal world, we'd be spelling this out to people that everybody has a sense of responsibility. Everybody should feel a sense of responsibility, but unfortunately people don't believe that they will be the cause of this, of a collision. Uh, They think it's somebody else and, and it's quite fascinating looking at the psychology behind it and again I don't I don't have that expertise it's only things I've read but certainly uh the term optimism bias is is used and that means basically that as humans we're sort of wired up to think that things are more likely to go for us than they are to go wrong so we, we don't get in the car and think or get out on the road and think oh right note to self had better be really really careful today mm-hmm. because I might have a crash we're more likely not to think anything actually I think but in more we're more likely to be like oh well I'll be all right it'll be fine but nobody intended to have that crash nobody intended to run someone down nobody intended to be looking at their phone really I mean yeah it's a it's a conscious decision to say use your phone or drink and drive but they didn't mean to cause any harm but they did and so many people have and sadly so many people are continuing to every single day yeah another five people will die today on the roads in the UK and tomorrow and the next day as a result of somebody who didn't think yeah it would be them that would do that or didn't just did not think full stop so I think our efforts need to be plowed into understanding road users better and making them think yeah and of course that's not an easy thing We need to work with professionals, psychologists, road safety, transport psychologists who know a bit more than I do. A lot of colleagues who are working so hard in this area. Um, We need to get that research out uh, done and we need to understand the the situation.
0: So employers have a role to play in helping make the road safer with their staff who drive. And that also extends to the, the health and safety of their staff. Where can employers, um, managers, uh, and especially those who do manage drivers find advice and support to have conversations with their staff about their mental health and how it affects their driving um, to make sure that we are addressing these issues? I mean, I know
1: about Driver for Best Business very well. Um, So if I was signposting somebody who was wanting to find out more, I would definitely suggest that they obviously reach out. It'd be a good start to reach out to yourselves. But I think, again, we need employers to appreciate the responsibility that they have um, as part of their corporate social responsibility. um, Their their drivers are using the roads. And uh, if they have big fleets... Um, I don't think it's okay just to 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 think, well, you know we pay taxes and we we've <laughs> we make sure our vehicles are in good order and and therefore is you know it's all fine, but I think we need to again, this is a whole different campaign. uh reach out, and I know driving for better business does an awful lot of work in this area mm-hmm. um, but I think it'd be great to to really see. With our own eyes, that that uh, businesses are appreciating their uh, responsibilities in this area, and communicating regularly with their drivers and employer yeah. employees about it, so that again, then it becomes um, it becomes a collaboration. Then all of a sudden, we're we're all in this together, whoever we are. If we use the roads, we're all in it together, and pretty much everybody uses the roads, so whoever you are <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: yeah and finally if anyone has been involved in a collision or is a family member or a friend of somebody who has where can they get the help and advice what's the road Peace email address where they could start just to go and talk to somebody about what they're feeling
1: yeah i i would strongly urge anyone to reach out to road Peace if they Whenever it was, it could be it could have been 20 years ago that they were involved or they had a family member that was involved. And they've probably always just had this underlying wonder about various things. And there are so many people at Road Peace who understand who who have people who've probably been in exactly the same situation as, as, as you have, um, either recently or, or a long time ago. Uh, and there's some wonderful people that that are there to support you. So, um, yeah, you can reach out at, go to the road Peace website. I would suggest is probably the best starting point, which is, uh, www.roadpeace.org. Um, and that, that would be a great starting point. You can, you can find the means to reach out to people, call you can call them you can email them um and you can sign up to receive regular updates from road peace uh, which hopefully will be of comfort Um, and i just need to mention there is a road peace challenge which i did touch upon earlier um but the road peace challenge 2023 bigger and better it's going to hopefully raise lots of money for road peace who need to do what they do as we've discussed to support the many many people that are affected by road crashes um but also probably the more importantly it's going to raise awareness around road harm and around the impact that it really does have physically and mentally on so many people 500,000 people at least every year in the UK are affected in somewhere another by a road crash um but be that physically or mentally um and or be that the loved one or the victim themselves. Um, the Road Peace Challenge will bring together police forces, uh, local authorities, the fire service, um, safer roads partnerships, uh, ambulance crews, doctors, consultants. We've we've launched now. Uh, the The event takes place on the fifteenth of May to the twenty first of May, twenty twenty three, and we're basically asking anyone with any kind of interest in. Um, improving safety on our roads to come forward we're making a united stand against road harm alongside road crash victims we're bringing all those people together we're looking for businesses who might want to support that challenge Um, as a sponsor we've got packages that suit all budgets and 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 not only would you be supporting such an important event uh, and a supporting road piece, but you'd also be demonstrating publicly
0: that you have that commitment to reducing road deaths and injuries thank you thank you Rebecca you know it's been an absolute pleasure discussing this with you a hidden subject that we need to be able to talk about and know where we can find support thank you for listening to this podcast everybody we will have details of road peace on the driving for better business website Rebecca thank you so much Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.